0: I want to start out by saying to you that Rick preached my sermon on Sunday. Cindy did it last night. Christy did it this morning, but I got it first. So now that we've cleared that up, the truth is when God repeats something over and over and over again, it's because it's important to him for us to receive it. So you might be hearing some of the same things, but you're going to hear from a different perspective. But first of all, I have the uh, great honor of having all the kids out of the house now. And I'm kidding. I adore them. They always come home, trust me. And, but because of that, I get to spend a lot of time with the Lord in the mornings before I start my day. And I put my ear to heaven I put my ear on his chest, and I hear his heart. And I want to share with you a couple of things that he has. I've heard his voice because I'm his sheep, and his sheep hear my voice, his voice. And I want to give you hope because hope is the foundation of faith. And when you lose your hope, your faith cannot possibly grow. When you lose your hope, that's when you throw in the towel. That's when you give up. And so the purpose of this is to give you hope. And the first thing I heard was Psalm 34, 5. Cindy mentioned this last night. It says, they looked at him and they were radiant and their faces will never blush for shame or be confused. And that was followed by Romans 9, 33. He who, be- let's say she who believes in him will not be put to shame nor be disappointed in her expectations. And this is what I heard the Holy Spirit say. For many of you, your days of shame, confusion, and disappointment are coming to an end. The other night, I wasn't expecting it. I was in my bedroom. I know exactly where I was. And all of a sudden, I heard the voice of God, and he said these words to me, you are turning the corner. And it wasn't just for me. I believe for many of you at this event, you are turning the corner. And if you don't know what that expression means, it means to get past the most difficult area or period in something and begin to improve. Expect improvement. Expect your days of confusion and disappointment to be over. That is not the will of God for your life. Do you remain in that condition? And so as I share my message with you, I really want to share with you some of my personal testimony. Did you know that you can look in the Word of God and find yourself? I do it all the time. Jesus found himself in the Word of God. If you've ever read Luke chapter 4, he quoted the prophet Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he announced everything that he was called to do. And he rolled up the scroll, and he gave it back to the attendant, and he said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your midst. Because he saw himself. John the Baptist saw himself in the book of Isaiah. He said, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. If you will be attentive to his voice when you open the book, when you're ready to throw in that towel, and if you will look in the word of God, he will remove the veil from your eyes and you will discover who you are. You've heard many times during this event, Hebrews 12 quoted, you're going to hear it again because I have something else to say to you. Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, every unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us, And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race set before us. Everybody in this room has an appointed course set before you. But the word you're going to hear today is a word on persistence. And if you do not attend Summit, and we would love for you to come see us, Go to the bookstore and get Rick's message from Sunday. It was all on persistence. When he finished, I texted him and I said, great message, dot, 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 mine. Because persistence is huge. And this is what the Lord is saying. Your victory lies in your persistence to the degree that you are willing to persist to the degree that you are willing to continually come to the throne of grace and don't ever, ever, ever say the traditional lying words, I'm storming the gates of heaven. Why would you do that? When Hebrews 4:16 gives us an invitation to come boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need, why would you storm the gates of heaven? Listen when my grandchildren I have 10 grandchildren when they want something from me. They don't go knocking on my door They come whisper in my ear. So their parents don't hear them (laughs) Because they know that the answer is yes. I am like Jesus to them. The answer is yes But listen And then it says, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. And Cindy so powerfully led us to the author and finisher of our faith. He begins it, he ends it, he begins it, he ends it. When people say, I don't have enough faith, you're not looking to Jesus. A mustard seed is nothing. It's one of the smallest of seeds. But if we look to Jesus... He's got all the faith we need. I am loving the, the Chosen series. Not, not. I love this ministry, but I'm talking about the Chosen TV. If you've seen it, if you haven't, you must. It is powerful. And so we just started season two, which is completed, but we're watching the DVDs. And he healed the man at the pool of Bethesda. And it took this man from... From his childhood when he was lame until he actually got to the pool of Bethesda as a cripple. And it was so, so graphic. I mean, he was beaten and he was muddy and he was dirty because he wanted to get in the waters when an angel stirred up the waters. And every time the the, the water was stirred, people would trample him and he would try to drag himself. And here comes Jesus. And this guy that plays Jesus, oh, he's magnificent. And, and so he goes up to the man and he says, I have a question for you. Do you want to be healed? That's the same question he asked every one of us today. Do you want to get past the filth and the shame and the confusion and the depression and the discouragement? Because if you don't want to, you won't. And so he said, and so the guy goes, I don't have anybody to help me get in the water. He gives him an excuse, and Jesus said, You didn't answer my question. Do you want to be healed? And then the man says, are you going to help me get in the water? And Jesus said, no. Do you want to be healed? And he said, but I don't have anybody. And Jesus, oh, this just got me. The man who plays Jesus looks at him, and he says, you don't need them. You only need me. It was so good. And, of course, the Pharisees are standing over there. Would he heal on the Shabbat? There's always Pharisees. But I'll tell you one thing, many of many things I've learned from Rick Godwin, the worst hands you can fall into are the hands of a Pharisee. Stay away from them. In persistence lies the victory. Healthy eyes are focused. Have you ever been in the eye doctor? It makes me very nervous when they do this because they take the pen and they do this and you know you're supposed to follow the pen. Have you ever done that? Now, I always get nervous that one eye is going to go this way and one eye is going to go this way. (laughs) But you know what? You're not created like that. Your eyes will sink. Wouldn't it be ridiculous if we have our eyes on the distractions and the eyes on Jesus you cannot? It's one or the other. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Look onto Jesus. I love what Cindy said. You're either looking at or you're looking up. You're either looking at the symptoms or you're looking up. You're either looking at the bank account or you're looking up. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't balance your checkbook. You know what I'm talking about. 2 Corinthians 3.18, all of us with unveiled face because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory To the other, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. You see, if you look in the Word of God, it is our mirror, it's how you see yourself. And there is nobody I know, and I'm telling you the honest truth, that was more insecure, fearful, or depressed than me. I'm telling you, I was the most, I I was a worm. My attitude was, You don't wanna pick me. That's why I was always the last to get selected for anything. You don't want me on your team. I be not able, we be not able. Well, I would have never entered the promised land in those days because I was not able. But when I began to see myself in the Word of God, my whole life changed, and it is ever-increasing changing. And the Lord took me from depression to victory. He took me from fear to love. He took me from anxiety to peace. And if He did it for me, He'll do it for you, because He's no respecter of people. He is never a respecter of person. And so I want to show you three people that I am in the Scripture And you've already heard about some of them, but let me tell you something. I love the no-named women. And here's why. If they have no name, it's because you can put your name in it. And these three women are the three women that describe who I was perfectly Which one are you? The first one, Cindy did an excellent job. I want to spend the most time on the last one, but I do want to tell you back to Hebrews 12, something I neglected to tell you. I heard a mighty man of God say at the beginning of this year that the Lord was saying, and this man has a proven track record. He said, the wait is over, W-A-I-T, and the wait is over, W-E-I-G-H-T. So take it. I'm taking it. How many of you are tired of the delays? Luke 13, Cindy did this last night. Now, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman for 18 years had an illness caused by a spirit, a demon, by the way. She was bent double. She could not straighten up at all. If she's bent double, she can't look up. And when Jesus saw her, he called called her over. He said to her, woman, you are released from your illness. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she stood erect again and she began glorifying and praising God. Listen, notice this. As Cindy said last night, she was a daughter of Abraham. He didn't correct her for wrong. When sin caused a problem that a person had, Jesus let him know. The man at the pool of Bethesda, he said, go and sin no more. List a worse thing befall you. Tuesday, I'll be speaking on the paralytic man. And Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. If sin has taken you where you are, the Lord will tell you not to hurt you, but so that you will turn around and go the other direction and not end up in the same condition. But in this case, she was innocent. But who had bound her? Satan had bound her. Don't you ever tell God he's the blame for what Satan does. The devil has one job description, steal, kill, destroy. That's what he does. If it's stealing, if he has caused you to sacrifice your dreams, that's what that word in the Greek means for kill, not murder. It means sacrifice. He'll beat you to the point where you just give it up, where you throw in the towel and to destroy. The destroyer is always the devil. Satan had bound this woman for eight years, and he had bound me for 20 years, and I had an identity crisis. I had a stolen identity. Don't think that just started with credit cards and the internet. It started in the Garden of Eden when the devil told them his word is not true, and when the devil said you're not like God when they were. Never believe that lie. And my identity and the purpose for which I was created was stolen. But you know what? When I was a six-year-old little girl, I used to line my dolls up on the bed, and I would teach them. And I knew I was called to teach, but I thought it was to teach school. And that is what I did for a short while. Never in my wildest dreams did, did I think that the Lord would give me the privilege of sharing his mighty and powerful word that actually saved me because I got born again just by reading the living word of God. I didn't have anybody to say, would you please bow your head and receive Jesus? It's such a privilege when people do that. But the word was alive to me. And I was this woman bent down with my face to the ground. And I didn't want to go on. I just wanted to get out of the hellhole that I lived in. Because when I was growing up, my parents were not born again. And my dad was a very angry man. And my testimony on forgiveness that I don't have time to share, but you still can get it if you have a CD player. Unforgiveness was eating me alive, and I was collecting a debt that my father owed me. When he was born again, he became the, the most wonderful man that you can ever imagine. But by then, I was an adult, and I had a lot of wounds, and my face was to the ground, I had a lot of trauma, I had a lot of hurt. I was sexually molested by some of his friends. This was before me too. So I I knew if I went and reported it, that I would be the blame, and that he would never believe it. So I understand some of you are hurting, I understand many of you are in pain, but I'm telling you, Jesus will bring you past it. He will bring you past it. You don't have to leave this place tonight, the same person that UK. The second person that I saw myself in was, and I'm sure everyone relates to this, was the woman with the issue of blood. Let's read it. I'm probably going to, am I going to mess up the screen? All right, let me go ahead and do that, that's my problem with turning in scriptures is I'm just all over the Bible. Okay, so let's do Luke 4, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to be hope for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners, you are set free. Now, this is what I want to tell you. That Greek word for prisoner is prisoners of war. And the Greek word for new eyes is, are you ready? Looking up to heaven. That's what the Greek says. So as you look up to heaven, every prisoner of war, Jesus says, you are free. In Isaiah 41, 10 through 14, and this is huge to me because Uh, several years ago, I was going to go through the darkest storm of my life, but I didn't know it. I just knew a storm was brewing. How many of you, you, some people might call it a premonition, but I, I just knew, I knew, I knew something was looming. I did not know what, and I sought the Lord. What is going on And this is the promise he gave me. Do not yield to fear. I am always near. And so here we have fearless coming up. Never turn your gaze from me. I am your faithful God. I will infuse you with strength and help you in every situation and hold you firmly with my victorious right hand. All who rage against you will be ashamed and disgraced. All who continue with you will perish and disappear. You will look for your enemies in vain. Those who war against you will vanish without a trace. I am Yahweh, your mighty God. I will grip your right hand and I won't let you go. I will whisper to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. And I, la- I latched on to this, that that which warned against me would vanish without a trace. Whatever is opposing you, if you will refuse to fear even though you feel afraid, and if you will never turn your gaze from Jesus, that which opposes you, will vanish without a trace. Woman with the issue of blood. And boy, did I have issues. I already just told you what some of them were. A woman having an issue of blood 12 years, the first lady 18 years, this lady 12 years, had spent all her living upon physicians, and neither could be healed of any. Let's read it from The Passion. In the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered greatly for 12 years from from slow bleeding. Even though she'd spent all she had on healers, she was still suffering. Pressing in through the crowd, she came up behind Jesus, touched the fringe of his garment, and Instantly, her bleeding stopped and she was healed. And then suddenly, Jesus stopped and said to his disciples, Someone touched me. Who was it? And they all denied it. Peter pointed out, Master, everyone is touching you, trying to get close to you. The crowds are so thick, we can't walk through these people without being jostled. And Jesus replied, Yes, but I felt power surge through me. Someone touched me to be healed, and they received their healing. By the way, that word received is the word take. And when the woman realized she couldn't hide any longer, she came up and fell trembling at the feet of Jesus. And before the entire crowd, she declared, I was desperate to touch you, Jesus, for I knew if I could just touch even the fringe of your garment, I would be healed. And Jesus responded, beloved daughter, your faith in me has released your healing. You see, Jesus was a rabbi. And what she wanted to touch was the tallit. She wanted to touch the fringe It represented all of the promises of God. She wanted to touch the promise. Can you imagine? What did it take for her to get that miracle? She pressed through. I had to press through my issues. And here's the problem. A lot of times people are just an outright blatant sin like I was because I was filled with unforgiveness, bitterness, and grudges. And we call them issues. They're sins. You'll get free a lot faster if you call it what it is. You'll find mercy a lot faster if you call sin, sin. So I had, let's just say, to be politically correct, I had sin issues. But she pressed through the crowd. She was on the ground because the prayer shawl, she pressed through, she grabbed it, and she took her healing. She said it, she said it, she did it, she took it. It's no different today. And the third person, and this is where I am today, and this is what Rick stole my message on. <laughs> you, you can tell I have an issue with this still, right? <laughs> it's Luke 18. And this is the story of the widow. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. And he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither reverenced and feared God nor respected and considered man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, protect and defend and give me justice against my adversary. And for a time, he would not. Now, I read that one day, and the Holy Spirit said, time is up. If you quit, if you give up, you give it up. You will reap. We've heard this. If you do not grow weary and give up. Persistence. Your victory lies in persistence. Though I have neither reverence or fear for God nor respect or consideration for man, yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will defend and protect an avenger, lest she give me intolerable annoyance and wear me out by her continual coming, or at the last she come, rail on me, assault me, or strangle me. And I have said to the Lord, I'm going to annoy you until I receive what I'm asking, because I am basing it on the authority and integrity of your word and your name. And then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will our not just God defend and protect and avenge his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he defer them and delay help on their behalf? I tell you, he will defend and protect and avenge them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find persistence of faith on the earth? A few weeks ago, and I have permission to share this What I'm going to share with you now. On August 13th of this year, my little sister was uh, diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. And um, medically, the report they give you is not encouraging. But God And I'm here to tell you today, this, this young woman has gifts of healing, so of course the devil's going to attack her in that very thing because he wants her out of the way, but it's not going to happen. I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, and I'm telling you something, we raised up a team of, of intercessors, including Cindy, and, and beautiful Chrissy's been praying as well. People that I know will pray, people that I know will stand in the gap. And we are having miracles. And she is already ministering to other people. And she is already coaching people through chemotherapy. She is on one of the strongest chemical agents there is. And I wanna tell you something. She's had her sixth treatment. She has zero side effects except hair loss. She still does have some hair. She's not nauseated. She doesn't have sores in her mouth. She's not fatigued. She's not depressed. She's not aching in her body, and after the, I don't know, third or fourth treatment, this Hindu oncologist, I went with her one day, I said, you are going to lead her to the Lord. This Hindu oncologist comes in and begins dancing around the room, singing, shouting, and twirling, and kissing her all over her face. Now, this was a visible tumor you could see with your eyes. If you've never seen cancer, you don't want to. It was, at that time, 85% gone. And now, I, I saw it yesterday, it's just there's a faint almost nothing. She said, the oncologist said, You will be finished. She told her she needed 12 treatments. You will be finished after the 12th treatment. You will not need any more chemo. This does not happen. She's in a room with people after one treatment that are so sick they can hardly stand. We are seeing miracle after miracle, but I want to tell you something. I am in his face. I am in the face of God day and night. I am here to tell you persist, and women, we have to take our lives back so that we can be the healers, so that we can be those agents of hope and healing and restoration and revival and recovery. We have to be those people. In the name of Jesus. I don't even know where I am. Isaiah, okay, I'm almost done. Isaiah 51, 6. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look up upon the earth beneath, for the heavens shall be dissolved and vanish like smoke. The earth will wax old like a garment. They that dwell therein shall die in like manner, but my salvation shall live forever, and my rightness and justice and faithfully fulfilled promise shall not be abolished. Now, I heard the Lord say something that riveted me. A few weeks ago, my husband and I were praying uh, together, and as and he was praying for my sister, and all of a sudden, I saw like an army war boot. I saw it on the inside of me, and, and that boot came down, and it went, and I heard the Lord say, I'm putting my foot down. God is putting his foot down against the enemy because Jesus already paid the price for our redemption and our salvation. And salvation is not just I'm going to heaven when I die. It means deliverance. It means rescue. It means health. It means wholeness. And I'm taking it. I'm taking what he died to give me. I'm going to close with something that has just empowered me in ways I can't begin to tell you. After every service, Rick blesses us with the ironic blessing of number 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you, protect you, sustain you, and guard you. The Lord make his face shine upon you with favor and be gracious to you, surrounding you with loving kindness. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you with divine approval and give you peace, a tranquil heart, and life. How can he lift up his countenance upon you If you're looking up, the sages explained it like this. It is the picture of a loving father that takes the child that's looking up and he lifts you up and he lifts up his countenance upon you. When you look up, he lifts you up. And his face shines upon you and gives you shalom, gives you peace.